you know what? It's really fun to be here. There's a discipline involved in anything that you really want to do. And there's fundamentals that you have to master. That's what you have to do in art. You have to master some fundamental skills. Basketball is a physical art. How does he best use what he knows about the fundamentals to achieve his goal? That's all art is. Tom Heinsohn may be an accomplished artist, but perhaps his greatest masterpiece is the magnificent career he has built through five decades in basketball. One of the cornerstones of the Boston Celtics winning tradition, he helped the team achieve glory as both a player and a coach. It, it's both a blessing and a curse. It's a blessing that you are picked to be in this organization because of the history. They think you can fit in. But then the curse is you gotta deliver. so passionate about, you know, Boston pride and um, the city of Boston and tradition. And it's just a, it's a sad day today. Uh, Tommy was a good friend of mine. Um, I really enjoyed talking to him, you know, before every game, going over there to the sideline. And, uh, you know, he's going to be truly missed. What's up, what's up, what's up, how are we doing, how are we doing, and welcome to episode number 98 of the Banner Banter Podcast. I'm your host and favorite Boston Celtics season ticket holder, Timmy G. How's everyone doing? Welcome back. It's great to be with you again. Hope you're ready to talk some hoops. Hope you're ready to talk some Celtics. Hope you're ready to talk some NBA draft. Uh, you can find me, as always, on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18 or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast. Uh, two things before we actually uh, begin talking about the NBA draft, which will be taking place Wednesday night, November 18th, which is the Two days away if you're listening on Monday, or tomorrow if you're listening on Tuesday, or tonight if you're listening on Wednesday, or it was last night, and you're behind the ball if it's Thursday and you're listening. But thank you for listening either way. So, two quick announcements before we dive into the NBA draft. The first is, I'm happy to announce that I'm part of a media group, Big Night Media. You can find the Banner Banter podcast and other fine podcasts through Big Night Media, which is brought to you in part by... Big Night Entertainment Group, which is the company that I work for. Uh, as most of you know, I work over at Big Night Live, and they own that venue, and now they own a media group, and they have been kind enough to take me 
on the little journey that they're going on. They also have uh, Those Girls You Know, Eat the Damn Cake, Burn Toast, the Let's Get Rich podcast, and Big Night Breaks for those sports card fans out there. So check it out. It's on every single possible platform you could ever imagine. And uh, hopefully it will lead to beautiful and bigger things. And who knows, maybe some merch. Who knows? Stay tuned. Anyways, the other thing we have to talk about is Tommy Heinsohn. Tommy Heinsohn passed away uh, last week at the age of 89. He was either 88 or 89. But in his 80s, he had a hell of a run. And it sucks. As a diehard of the Boston Celtics, even if you're an average Celtics fan, you know who Tommy Heinsohn is. Tommy points. He's been on TV, whether it's the pregame, halftime, postgame, during the game, my entire life. I'm 35. He's been around my entire life. You know, when my dad was around, he was part of it was a player, part of it as a coach, and part of it as an announcer. Tommy Heinsohn is a 10-time NBA champion. 10. Two as a coach and eight as a player. He's a six-time NBA All-Star. One rookie of the year. Has one coach of the year. He has his number retired at Holy Cross. He has his number retired with the Boston Celtics, number 15. He was an All-American in college, four-time All-NBA second team. We could go on and on. Tommy Heinsohn was the definition of Celtics pride. He was there as a player, there as a coach, there as an announcer. All 17 championships the Boston Celtics have won since, I think the first one was 57. Could be wrong. But with that being said, all 17 Tommy Heinsohn has been somehow involved with, player, coach, or a broadcaster. That's insane. Now, recently, you know, Tommy's been sick. He has been traveling as much. You know, he might go to Madison Square Garden, maybe go down to Washington against the Wizards. But, you know, he's not going out to San Antonio or L.A. or Oakland to play Golden State. None, none of those things. Speaking about that, do you know that one year ago today, I'm actually recording on the 15th and posting on the 16th. <laughs> Watch something happen, by the way. Watch a trade happen the second I'm done recording this. It, it will just be my luck. But with that being said, uh, one year ago today, the Celtics were actually out in Oakland playing the Golden State Warriors. They beat them 105 to 100, and then it made the Celtics 10-1. and 1. So it's insane to me that episode 98 of the Banner Branch podcast is about the NBA draft, not about you know, recapping the Golden State Warriors game. But anyways, Tommy Heinsohn, the definition of Celtics pride. He was everything that the Celtics wanted. The players playing now respected him. I mean, Isaiah Thomas, you know, was known as the little guy, you know. Tommy points, Tony Allen loved him. There was a great story that Tony Allen uh, talked about on one of the podcasts that he's on about how Tommy, he literally checked after every game to make sure that he got a Tommy point. Like, that's insane. Like, the players respected him, the coaches respected him, the fans respected him, the referees might not have because he did not agree with a lot of calls, but Tommy Heinsohn was the definition of a homer. He had every right to be a homer. Sometimes it was a little nuts, but we will miss Tommy Heinsohn. I, I was crushed when I found out the news. I was golfing at the time, and I turned into an absolute puddle, an absolute puddle. I couldn't swing. I couldn't do anything. Super bummed. Rest in peace to Tommy Heinsohn. Thank you for everything. Teaching us about the game giving us a few laughs about the game. And I also want to send my condolences to his family, his friends, and most importantly, Mike Gorman. I love Mike Gorman. Mike Gorman is probably one of my top three favorite human beings of all time. I've met him a couple times. He's very nice. He's awesome. 
I've always wanted to be Mike Gorman. I've always wanted to announce a Celtics game. And for someone who did almost 2,800 games with Tommy Heinsohn by his side, that has to be absolutely crushing for him. So, Tommy Heinsohn, rest in peace. We love you. All right. Let's get going with the NBA draft. Wednesday night, 8.30, ESPN. Very excited. Celtics have four picks overall in the draft, three in the first round. They have the 14th pick from Memphis. It was top six protected this year. They are hoping that they were going to fall in the top six. And then next year it would have been unprotected, and then maybe we would have gotten a better draft pick, but that's not the case because they drafted Brandon Clark and John Morant and JJJ, you know, Jaron Jackson Jr. They have a very good team down there. And congratulations to the Grizzlies, but screw you for screwing us over. So the 14th pick, the 26th pick, and the 30th pick. The 30th pick is from the Milwaukee Bucks. The 26th pick is our own pick. And then they have the 48th pick in the second round. So in my opinion, you have three questions going into the NBA draft. Are they going to use all the picks? And we'll break that down a little bit. If they trade up, is anyone worth it? Because this is a weak draft class. If you look at last year's draft class, Zion, Ja Morant, R.J. Barrett, Brandon Clark. Brandon Clark, folks, as just a reminder, was drafted in the mid-20s and finished third in the NBA Rookie of the Year voting. It was a very deep draft, except for Romeo Lankford. So we're going to try and figure out, is there a Brandon Clark in this draft? Is there a Romeo Lankford in this draft? I have an idea of who my Romeo Lankford might be. I won't be upset if the Celtics draft him, but I'll be pretty bummed. Because I don't think it's worth it, but not as much as I was last year with Romeo Langford. So hopefully I can find a couple more players that the Celtics won't listen to because I know only like one person from the organization uh, listens. And I salute you to my season ticket rep. But anyways, and then the third question is what is going on with Gordon Hayward? Because I think that's what a lot of this draft is going to be about. What is going to what is he going to do? And that's what we're going to dive into right now. So as most of you know. Gordon Hayward has a chance to either opt in or opt out with the Celtics this upcoming season. If he opts in, he makes $34.2 million. Now, at first, when you see that number and then you think of his injury history ever since he signed with the Celtics, that makes you want to crawl up into a ball and die because that is a lot of money for someone who gets hurt a lot, which is completely fair. Now, some of you might be saying to yourself, well, if he leaves, does that open up $34.2 million in cap space? No, because the Celtics are over the luxury tax, which is basically over the salary cap, and then they give you a little wiggle room. But then if you're over the wiggle room, you have to pay the NBA so much money based on how many years you've been over or under the luxury tax. It's an absolute nightmare. It's I Talking about it would give me a stroke, and I don't want to give you a headache either. So if he leaves, all this basically is is the Celtics would get a bigger mid-level exception. And the difference is instead of being able to sign a veteran for $6 million, which is like Ennis Cantor money, you could sign someone for like $9.5 million, which could possibly maybe be like a Paul Millsap, which would be great. And the reason why I think someone like Paul Millsap will be great if the Celtics can get him in free agency is I think the Celtics need another veteran in the locker room. There's too much ego. Yes, I understand Jalen Brown's been to, what, two or three Eastern Conference finals. He's a very, very smart young man. But when it comes down to playing the game of basketball for someone who gets in so much foul trouble and the way that the Celtics sucked in all these fourth quarters in the bubble, this team needs a veteran to tell these guys to calm down because maybe they don't listen to Brad. Maybe they do, but maybe Brad's not doing enough, okay? But I don't think Kemba's the type of guy that can yell at someone. And I'm not looking at, you know, a Kyrie-type guy to yell at them. I'm just trying to find a veteran that can literally grab these guys, like, by the face and go, hey, focus. It's going to be okay. That's what we need. 
Now, I don't think Gordon Hayward can do that. I mean, Kemba brings people together, which is cute and all. Uh, and I don't really consider Gordon Hayward a leader. But again, I could be wrong. Because it is this locker room is tough. There is a lot of ego. Jalen and Jason think that they deserve the ball 24-7, which is completely valid. And Marcus Smart thinks he's Jesus whenever he sees a shot go in, which is why, you know, he took like 42.8 million shots in one of the playoff games. If you lose Gordon Hayward, your team instantly gets younger, which in my opinion isn't great, but it also depends on who you get back. Maybe if you get back someone that the guys gel with, maybe everyone's happier, so on and so forth. Because I honestly think that there is beef between Jalen Brown and Gordon Hayward because I really and truly think when Gordon Hayward came back from his ankle injury and started over Jalen Brown, I think Jalen Brown was really pissed off about it and just hasn't been been able to get over it. With that being said, Gordon Hayward, I really and truly believe, has been a huge help to this team when healthy. Last year, the Celtics had 736 different lineups. And what I mean by that is there were 736 times where there were five different guys on the court. You know, sometimes it could have been, you know, Tatum, Langford, Cantor, Smart, Wanamaker. And then another time could have been Shemi, Tatum, Brown, Smart, Hayward. So there were 736 different lineups. And Gordon Hayward was in four out of the top five when it comes to production. So he's clearly a good player when healthy and can help this team. His injuries have sucked. Sure, in the last three years, uh, in his last three years in Utah, he played 229 games, which is ridiculous. In the last three here, he's only done 125. So I know the one year he had an injury, but combined over the last two, he averages about 62 a game, uh, a season. Now, with the upcoming season only being 72 games instead of 81 games, him playing 62 games, he only misses 10 games. That's delicious. So that's interesting. Now, perfect world is if Gordon Hayward wants to sign a much less deal, kind of like what the Celtics were hoping with Al Horford and then Al Horford left. He is involved in a lot of trade rumors, but I wouldn't mind Gordon Hayward coming back for a two-year $20 million deal. $20 million each year. So a total of $40 million to stay for two years versus staying for one at 34 and then have him walking. But if he doesn't want to stay, we better get something in return. Obviously, he's involved in a lot of rumors, especially with the Indiana Pacers. His family lives in Indiana. He's from Indiana. He went to Butler. His I don't think his wife really loves it here that much. So then the question is, do you want Miles Turner on this team? Basically, a more polished Time Lord who's also soft. So I don't know if I want more softness on this team. He can shoot the ball well. He can rebound well. And, you know, depending on the matchup, him and Daniel Tice could switch off on who's starting. Uh, I think both of them cannot guard Joel Embiid. Miles Turner might be able to guard, you know, like a Bam Adebayo. Neither of them are guarding Giannis, so on and so forth. There have been some other rumors about Rudy Gobert. Do you want Rudy Gobert on this team? The Celtics' defense would be much better, but he clogs the lane, and that would force Jason Tatum to take, you know, 25 more jump shots. And I think Jason Tatum is a great shooter could even be a better shooter down the road. It's just I would like to see him attack the rim because I know he's such a good free throw shooter. And those are easy points. In a dream world, can you pull off a deal for John Collins, you know, from the Atlanta Hawks? Can you send Gordon Hayward your three first-round draft picks and get John Collins for two years before he gets a big deal? Who knows? I don't know. End of the day, I want Gordon Hayward to stay. But if he leaves, it better be because of trade. Don't let him walk. If Gordon Hayward stays for cheaper money, I think that's really good for the Celtics if he can stay healthy, and I know that is tough to do. So, if the NBA draft does start on Wednesday, if nothing changes, and let's say Gordon stays, you have a pretty full roster. So what do you do? You have Kemba, Marcus, Jalen, Romeo, Vincent, 
uh, Grant Williams, Javante Green, and Carson and Boards all on guaranteed deals. Tatum, Tice, Time Lord, and Shemi, they're all on team options. Cantor has a player option, and let's be honest, I think Ennis Cantor really enjoys it here. I think he really enjoys Sure, he would like more playing time, and at times he probably deserved it. But I think he's going to stay. I hope he stays. That way we can play Cantor Banter all the time, one of everyone's favorite skits on the show. But if he leaves, okay, fine, because then you could go get a big man in the draft, and that's what we're going to talk about in a little bit. So you need 15 spots to fill to create an NBA roster. So you'll have Kemba, Marcus, Jalen, Grant, Romeo, and Carson. And then I think they maybe try to find a way to get rid of Vincent Pleye, which will be sad for everyone who enjoys Vincent Pleye. Uh Javante Green, I feel like, is iffy. So let's say Javante stays. Right there you have seven. So now you need to fill eight spots. Then you got Tatum, Tice, Time Lord. That's ten. If Hayward and Cantor stay, that's twelve. Brad Wanamaker and Taco... I'm going to guess Taco's going to play another year in Maine, and Brad Wanamaker will probably get a little bit more money from another team and will have to leave, and we all know that I love Brad Wanamaker, and that will be sad. So at that point, you have 12. But then you also have three draft picks, technically four, but three first-round draft picks. So if all of them stay, then there's your 15. And I don't think that that team can go any further than what it did last year unless Jason Tatum really goes from top 15 player to a top 5 player which will be awesome. I have faith that he can do that, but may just be another year or two. We just have to be patient with Jason Tatum. We really do. If people think that he's going to win the MVP next year, stop. Maybe in two years, but just stop. So what does Andy do? Does he make small deals trying to win a ring with this group? I mean, the East is only going to get better. The Heat have a lot of money. The Heat can sign anyone that they want either this year or next year. So the Heat will get better. Jimmy Butler's good. Bam Adebayo's good. It'll be interesting to say, see if Drogic stays. Obviously, Tyler Hero, one of the better rookies. He was drafted 13th. Again, last year's draft was very deep. Um, the Bucks will be back probably stronger than ever, especially if there's fans in, the Milwaukee, uh, in Milwaukee because they're one of the best home court teams in the league. Doc Rivers is now with the 76ers, the Raptors will be back too. There's no way Pascal Siakam craps all over himself again like he did in the playoffs against uh, the Celtics. So let's say Danny uses all three picks, which is, in my opinion, an absolute dumpster fire. An absolute dumpster fire. Who do we want the Celtics to draft? My Brandon Clark in this draft, if you will, the guy that I really think could help the Celtics. I th- Some of the key things that the Celtics need, obviously, veteran leadership. Obviously, you're not going to get that with a draft pick. A big man who can be athletic and be polished on both ends of the floor and can be a good shooter. You know, Miles Turner is a reasonable rebounder, a reasonable defender, a pretty good three-point shooter, and can finish at the rim for the most part, but he's soft. So you can't expect that from Time Lord. Okay, I feel like I'm out of breath right now. I'm so excited to be back and talk about the NBA draft. But but I also think the other thing that you need is scoring off the bench and some shooting. And so for those Romeo Langford fans that are like, well, Romeo will improve. He'll come back. No, remember? He broke his thumb or tore a ligament in his thumb, and he's going to miss the first two months of the season. That dude ain't going to be back till February. Uh-uh. I got no patience for that. Okay? And he sucks at shooting anyways. But anyways, so... 14th pick overall, I want Sadiq Bey from Villanova. I've been saying it for months. Six foot eight, 215 pounds. He was a sophomore at Villanova, one of the best shooters in the draft. He shot 45% from three last season. 
very good spacer off the floor, which is something that you need. So Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown can create. He's very good on this fast break too. He knows the spots where he needs to go to. Kind of like, again, I'm not comparing him to Duncan Robinson or Tyler Hero, but those guys just know where to sprint down the court, catch the ball, and shoot it in their spot. And that's the Celtics suck at fast breaks. So that would be nice to see. Seven-foot wingspan, little bit of a scrappy defender, but he's also not the most athletic guy in the world. Doesn't have a lot of lateral quick quickness, but I really think he could learn that and become a better defender. So if you have Marcus Smart, Sadiq Bey coming off the bench, I'm not feeling, you know, I'm feeling good. Not feeling great, but I'm feeling good. Some are saying he is one of the two or three most NBA-ready players in this draft. Villanova runs a lot of uh, four-out one in motion offense, similar to most in the NBA. So that's a good thing. So he knows what to do there. And I know a lot of people are saying, well, we don't need another wing. You're right. But like I said, if Romeo's hurt and Jalen's in some foul trouble, maybe instead of bringing in Shemi Ojale, you can bring in someone who can A, shoot, B, who is in a robot, and C, is actually NBA ready. I don't think he'll ever be like a starter in the league by any means. Um, I think if they the Celtics could maybe trade the two picks and just take this guy, I'd be thrilled with that. I think he's a really good sixth man in the league. He will be able to help teams instantly, like right away. So I really would enjoy the Celtics taking Sadiq Bey from Villanova. I would, I would really, 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 really enjoy that. I know we don't need a wing. We need some size. But I think six foot eight, two fifteen. he was an okay rebounder. He can facilitate the ball a little bit. And he can shoot. We need shooting on this team. We really do. I mean, when Smart's on, sure. When Tatum's on, sure. It's all delightful. But, like, when those guys are missing and we need some scoring off the bench, the Celtics don't have any of that right now. So I think this guy could really come in and help. A lot of people also are a little bit worried about Kemba Walker's knee. And maybe we need a point guard of the future because Marcus Smart really isn't a point guard. Sure, there were some times where Marcus Smart had 10, 12 assist games, and it was beautiful, delightful, and it was absolutely fantastic, and I loved it because I'd rather see Marcus Smart pass the ball than shoot it. So with that being said, you could have, and if Brad Wanamaker leaves, you're going to need another point guard because I don't think Carson Edwards is it. I don't. I'm sorry. I think he's just too small. He, I mean, th- he's smaller than Kemba. I actually think he's, I mean, his his quads aren't, but I he's we need someone else. So I think you have another option at the 14th pick, Kira Lewis Jr. from Alabama. Six foot three, sophomore point guard, probably top five best point guards in the draft. He at Alabama in his last year, 18 points, five assists. His jump shot needs some improvement, uh, but he's very fast, lightning quick. Um, he won't be great defensively. He's going to have to learn that, and that that will be okay. But I think it will be have a nice guard to have post-Kemba era. He's 19. Kemba can't play. He, Kemba should only be playing 65 to 70 games a year. He can't be playing 82 like he used to. That's probably why his knee's in bad shape. Um, and he needs to take some time off here and there. Kira Lewis Jr. is also a really good catch-and-shoot shooter. Again, Celtics need some shooting. I'm not saying this kid's better than Sadiq Bey, but... He can catch the ball and shoot it. He is a pass-first point guard, which I really think the Celtics need. I think being able to give the ball off the bench when Tatum and Brown play with the bench guys, you need someone to make sure that they get the ball. And if you have a pass-first point guard out there, I think that's a good thing because we all know that when Brad Wanamaker was on a fast break, no one was getting the ball. This kid could. This kid could save Celtics' terrible fast breaks. He 
he, he's so fast. I, I can't explain enough how fast this kid is. But he's one of the better point guards in the draft. He needs to gain some weight a little bit, and he also needs to work on his pick-and-roll game because the Celtics do do that a lot. He can create his own shot. He loves to penetrate uh, towards the rim, and he can finish pretty well, and he's a pretty good free-throw shooter. So I think he would be a fine pick. Now, if the Celtics are thinking about going to point guard because they're worried about Kemba Walker's knee, I present to you Drew Holiday from the New Orleans Pelicans. A lot of people, a lot of rumors are going around. You know, last season he played in 61 games. He has some injury troubles too, you know. For someone who might should only miss maybe four or five games, he's the type of guy that misses 10 games. But he averaged 19 points and six assists. Kemba only averaged like 21 points, maybe 22 points last year. So he's only a bucket behind Kemba. Has more assists per game than Kemba. He, I think two assists. So two more assists. Kemba averaged like 21, so it's two more assists, one less bucket. Kemba did shoot better from three, but that's okay. I think Drew Holiday is better overall from the field when it comes to shooting. I think he can hit his elbow jumpers a little bit better, finish at the rim a little bit better. And one of the other reasons why I'm – listen, let me just say this just straight up. I love Kemba Walker. I don't want Kemba Walker to leave. I would be I, – I would feel really bad if Kemba Walker wanted to change his life to come here and then he gets traded. But – you cannot have you cannot not have a sour taste in your mouth about how Kemba Walker played in the bubble late in the playoffs. He stunk. He stunk. And I'm worried about his knee. But Drew Holiday is someone who's not used to being the number one guy. I mean, he used to play with Anthony Davis, who was the number one guy. Last year he played with Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson. Again, he's not the number one guy. He was last year's teammate of the year. What do the Celtics need? Veteran leadership. He has made all-team NBA defense in two out of the last three seasons. Imagine a really good defender next to Marcus Smart. Hmm, that'd be fun, wouldn't it? No offense against Kemba. Kemba's defense was otherworldly, in my opinion, last year because I thought Kemba sucked at defense. He stepped in, took charges. If Drew Holiday is healthy. In my dream world scenario, <laughs> Romeo Langford, Kemba Walker, two first-round draft picks to the Pelicans for J.J. Redick and Drew Holiday. You get a point guard, you get someone who doesn't need the ball, and then you get shooting off the bench with J.J. Redick. J.J. Redick wants to win a title. Why don't you come to Boston, make me happy for my favorite all-time dookie to come, and that's that. I would I'd thoroughly enjoy that. But again, I, I love Kemba. I want Kemba here. Of course I do. But something like this, it saves the Celtics money. You get another veteran guy. I don't know. If Drew Holiday came here for Kemba Walker and Romeo Langford. I'd be good. I'd be good. With that being said, it leads me to my Romeo Langford of the draft. The Celtics have interviewed and have sat down with RJ Hampton. RJ Hampton is a kid that is very young. He decided not to go to college and went down to Australia. He's a fine basketball player, but he stunk when he was down in Australia. Unlike LaMelo Ball, who will probably go number one or number two, he went down to Australia and lit it up. And that's probably why he's going to go number one. He has a good feel for the game, which we all know Brad loves. But R.J. Hampton, I don't think... R.J. Hampton is a project. And I think if this team is going to try and win championships with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart in their prime, you, you don't draft a project. I do not want the Celtics to draft R.J. Hampton. Will I be as angry like I was with Romeo Langford? No. But will I be pissed, bold, italicized, underlined? Absolutely. Absolutely. 
if they draft RJ Hampton. Not worth it. I'd rather have Kira Lewis if available. So let's move on to the 26th pick. I'm looking at two guys, one I love, one I hate. The one that I love is Vernon Carey, Vernon Carey from Duke, and the one that I hate is Cole Anthony from North Carolina. Now, if North Carolina didn't, if Cole Anthony didn't play for North Carolina, I wouldn't hate Cole Anthony, but here we are, and I do. Both of them were freshmen last year. Both of them made huge impacts with Duke and North Carolina, which you could argue, arguably, two of the best basketball programs in the country. Cole Anthony did have some injury problems, which why he didn't play that much, but Vernon Carey. Vernon Carey would be everything we wanted Ennis Cantor to be and more. He is the second, you could argue he's the second or third best true center in the draft. He's 6'10", 270. I know a lot of other people want Jalen Smith from Maryland. The, uh, oh God, where, what? Jalen Smith's like 6'10", 220 from Maryland. He's an absolute beast from the waist up. And then he has skinnier legs than Carrie Underwood does. Like, that kid needs to bulk up his legs. He's a good defender. He can shot, you know, he's a pretty pretty good defender. He can shoot the ball well, but like the time where it bites a little bit. I know a lot of people like Jalen Smith. His pick-and-roll game's pretty good, too. But I would rather have Sadiq Bay. So if Vernon Carey is available at 26, I think you should go after him. His per 36-minute average while at Duke, he shot 38% from three, better than Marcus Smart, 12 rebounds, and 25 points. Not too shabby. This is literally, like... The opposite of the Time Lord. Physical guy, can run the floor well. Will he be very slow against Bam Adebayo? Yes. Could he be physical with Joel Embiid? Yes. He does have some flow, uh, some slow footwork, especially defensively, and he doesn't have a lot of bounce. Like He's not jumping over the rim, but unlike Ennis Cantor, who can only jump over, who can barely jump over a Sunday Boston Globe, Vernon Carey could probably jump over a week's worth of the Boston Globe. So there's that. Uh, he's... He's lefty, which I love, and he's one of those old school, like, he just gets the ball, and he has good feel around the rim, near the paint, you know, because, guys, when we look, when we think about Ennis Cantor, we look at him and go, oh, my God, he can barely run. He literally looks like an idiot when he runs, and he can he's a terrible defender, but his hands and the way that he catches the ball around the rim and the way that he finishes, the way he gets offensive rebounds, that's why we do Cantor banter. Like, this is a younger version of that, and I'm into it. I want it. I got to have it. I would love Vernon Carey on this team. Just not because he went to Duke. Just because I think he could fit. Cole Anthony, I think he's a perfect backup point guard for this team. I don't see him dropping to 26. If he does, I'd be shocked. I can see the Mavericks taking him them at 18. That way, uh, maybe they don't have a lot of faith in Brunson, the kid from Villanova. And that way, him and Curry can kind of be a cool little backcourt tandem off the bench for them. He's a score-first point guard. He has unreal athleticism. He's got some serious bounce. He has great body control when he's around the rim. Very good ISO game as well. The one negative thing about him is his assist-to-turnover ratio is not that great. He gets frustrated very easily and makes poor decisions. Um, But literally two years ago, if he could come right out of high school into the NBA, he would have been probably a top-ten pick. So obviously the injury help, uh, the injury issues, the assist-to-turnover ratio – didn't really help him, which is why he's probably going to fall outside the lottery. I don't know if he'll drop to 26, but if he does, I think that's worth the risk. I think Cole Anthony is more worth the risk if he can drop there than R.J. Hampton is. So then we have the 30th pick. 30th pick is, if if we still have this pick, I'm going to be pissed. But you have Daniel Oturu from Minnesota or Jaden uh, McDaniels from Washington. Those are the two guys I'm really looking at at this spot. Uh, Daniel Oturu, 6'10", 240, kind of like Vernon Carey. Um, 
He's a better rebounder, has better footwork than Vernon Carey. His inside game needs some polishing. He can shoot the ball pretty well from three as well. Good defender. I would, I would, I would enjoy him. I think it would take some time. We'd have to be patient with it, but I think we would enjoy Daniel Oturu from Minnesota coming here. The other one is Jaden uh, McDaniels, who's a very interesting prospect from Washington, like 6'10", 200 pounds, lengthy, stretch four. Reminds me a lot of uh, Jeremiah Grant from the Nuggets. Uh, he's the definition of positionless basketball, and we all know Brad loves positionless basketball. He's someone that could play center. He could play the four. He could play the three. This guy can fit in all those type of things. This is a Daniel Oturu would be a project, but this is Jaden McDaniels is a Time Lord type pick. He's very raw, but at 30, why not? Take the risk. Hopefully it works out. That's why the Celtics took the Time Lord. They knew he had some off-court problems. They knew he had some injury problems. He was very raw. They think that they can polish him. Jaden uh, McDaniels would be perfectly fine in that spot. I would have no problem if the Celtics still had that. You could also maybe, I don't know. A lot of people are talking about this Theo Maldon um, kid from France who, who's a point guard. If he drops to the Celtics, like I could see them taking him. It, it, it's very interesting. I, like, I don't want someone like Devin Dotson from Kansas. I don't want anyone like him. I think he's just too small, doesn't fit. You know, Maybe at 46, the Celtics could take Cassius Stanley from Duke. Again, sorry that I'm bringing up Duke names. Um, I know the Celtics have also been in talks with Precious. That kid, oh, I forget his last name, Precious something. Precious Akiwa, I think that's how you pronounce it. Kid from Memphis. I He's a small forward, power forward type guy. Not a big fan of him. But this isn't a great draft. So that's why I really think the Celtics should be trading them. So if you are the Boston Celtics and you are going to trade up, what are you going to do? Now, of course, I would love Anthony Edwards or James Wiseman. Those guys would be great. Anthony Edwards is everything we wish Marcus Smart was. Unbelievable defender and can shoot the lights out. James Wiseman, very raw freshman, had some issues with collecting some money when he was at Memphis with Penny Hardaway. Very good player. So, but the two guys in the top 10 who I would love, 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 love the Celtics to get is Obi Topin from Dayton. And this, I've tried to pronounce this all week long. And I'm going to see if I can say it right. Oyencha Okunwu from USC. So we'll just call him Akinwu because I think I absolutely murdered his first name. So I'm sorry about that. But Obi Tobin, most likely going in spots five to eight. But man, oh man, what a fit he would be. Six foot nine. He can shoot. He can drive. He can pass. He can do it all. He's also a rim runner, which is what the Celtics need on their fast break. His defense kind of stinks. I'll be honest. His defense sucks. But this is the guy who could start at the four. We could replace Hayward if Hayward does leave. And he could be your sixth man or replace Hayward. But he's the guy that can score. He can finish at the rim. It's just he's a defensive liability. But if Marcus Smart is out there, if Tatum's defense improves like it did last year, Jalen's defense improves, maybe get another good defender, very, very good. He's going to be my pick for rookie of the year. I love his shooting form. He has a very high release. He's a walking bucket, a walking bucket. He's very good. He was a – I think he was the national player of the year. I could be wrong, but he's – I think, yeah, like 6'9", 220, he can shoot, he can drive, he can do it all. I would love that. Now, Oyenka, Oyenka, I think maybe it's Oyenka, Okunu, yeah, Okunu. This kid Okunu, a freshman from USC, 6'9", absolute athletic freak. I know a lot of people are talking about Patrick Williams being an athletic freak, which I get. 
But this kid, six foot nine, two thirty-five, he's everything you want the Time Lord to be right now, and in my opinion, is worth trading three first round picks and maybe a player for. He moves so well without the ball. Better than Wiseman does, in my opinion. Some are calling him the modern Bill Russell. Okay? He is unbelievable footwork. He's a shot blocker. Shot changer, too, which is also important. I think when people, like the Time Lord, he can change shots. But, like the Time Lord, this kid will bite at a shot fake and jump through the ceiling on it. So that will prove. His jumper is pretty good, but some of the mechanics need some work. Watching some of his video, he actually has a sick Euro step. So that shows how good this kid's footwork is. If the Celtics do get him, I think maybe after a month or two, I could literally see this kid starting for the Celtics. He does have to gain some weight, some bulk, but taking him and getting rid of Time Lord would crush me. But it would open up another roster spot to sign a veteran guy cheap, and I really and truly think this kid could make an instant impact like that. I'm telling you, this kid, I... I'm not, I don't want to say this is my Brandon Clark pick, like, because I think Sadiq Bey could instantly help this team, but I think this Okunu, if I can even pronounce his goddamn name, if this kid from USC can, can live up to the hype, I really and truly think that this kid could be the next Bay Amount of Bio. Like, good pick, worth the hype. He's just got to bulk up a little bit, change his shooting mechanics, and this kid can give you everything. He finishes at the rim. He's very good pick-and-roll game. He can shoot the three. Again, not great, Bob, but he can shoot the three. Very good defender. Makes people uncomfortable. And he can also probably defend a small forward, a power forward, and center. He can cover multiple positions. Where, like, Time Lord right now, I don't think he's ready for that. Because Time Lord, if he's not in the paint, he plays his defense on his heels, which is not something you're supposed to do. There are some other guys you may want to trade up for, you know, like uh, Devin Vassell from Florida State. He could be the next Marcus Smart. You know, super high-energy guy, very good defender, but a better shooter. Um, he's very lengthy, uh, but has a heck of a jump shot for him. It is so weird. Like, I see it, and I go like, ugh. You know, like when Paul Pierce used to shoot free throws, and it literally looked like he was having a stroke halfway through? Like, it almost like it stopped, and then he pushed the ball forward. You know how that, like, always made you feel uncomfortable? Or maybe it was just me. This kid has one of those shots where every single time he shoots it, you're like, oh, oh my God, that's very uncomfortable. So overall, in this draft, if they're gonna if they're gonna do it, look out for Sadiq Bey from Villanova, Kira Lewis, uh, Cole Anthony, Vernon Carey, Daniel Oturu, Jaden McDaniels, and then if they trade up, look for Obi Topin, Oyinka Aquanu, or Okwanu, and Devin Vassell. I could also see them taking Jalen Smith. I just think he's not going to be able to be an instant impact guy like we all think he would. He's going to be like a little bit of a project. He'll definitely help us get some time, get some minutes, but I just don't think it will be like that. So, yeah, that's it for uh, episode 98 of the Banner Branch Podcast. Episode 99 will be out next Monday, uh, recapping the NBA draft, free agency, all that stuff. And then since the NBA is starting in literally less than like six weeks – I will be back every single Monday morning for you releasing the podcast and all your favorite podcast apps, Spotify, Google, Amazon, uh, Apple, Stitcher, Podbean, SoundCloud, you name it, I'll be on it. Thanks so much for listening. Hope you guys enjoyed my NBA draft preview. Rest in peace to Tommy Heinsohn. Glad to be part of the Big Night Media Group, and we'll talk to you guys soon. Everyone say it with me now. Toodles and noodles.
X's and O's. Bye-bye. Sorry, but I'm gone. I'm history. And I dedicated my life to the Boston Celtics. I dedicated my life to the fans of Boston. I did my very best to please each and every one of you. Good night.